Hey, hockey fans, welcome to Across the Pond, Hockey Talks Volume 18. I'm your host, Chris Ivany, and my special guest today is from beautiful Nepean, Ontario. He spent 20 years playing pro hockey all over the world, including five different NHL and AHL teams. He had stops in the East Coast League, the IHL, CHL, and a handful of European leagues. He twice led the AHL in scoring, was an all-star three times, a Calder Cup champion, a Finnish League champion, and just last year was inducted into the AHL Hall of Fame. He's known as an intense competitor, night in and night out, with an incredible desire to score goals. It's my pleasure to welcome to Across the Pond Hockey Talks, Hall of Famer, Brad the Shooter Smith. How you doing, Brad? Well, I'm doing great, and thanks for the... Uh Thanks for the excellent intro. Oh, you're very um, welcome. Uh, yeah. It's all true, and uh, we're going to hear all about it in, in, in the upcoming time here. So <laughs> Absolutely. How are, you, how are you holding up, Brad? Are you back home right now? What's, what's going on in, uh, in Ontario? Yeah, back in Ontario, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a little bit of tough going like, like it is everywhere else in the world, but uh, um, especially with the, the hockey situation where it hasn't uh, – it hasn't broken open yet. Uh, it's getting there. Uh, usually, this time of year, uh, we're doing quite a bit of training for uh, for kids, uh, mostly age uh, six to six to fifteen. But e- but even the older kids who are getting ready to play uh, tier two or Ontario Hockey League. So uh, the only guys that are allowed to skate right now in Ottawa uh, at a private rink are the NHL players. Who will will be or, or trying to get back to playing within uh, a month to six weeks? It's certainly a strange time. I don't think anyone uh, was prepared for this uh, when the when the NHL season stopped. How are you feeling about the about the season coming back and the uh, twenty four team playoff format? Well, I like it. I think it's I think it's proactive, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's never going to be perfect, right? Uh, I, I think that I think the scenario. Uh, teams were worried about the winning percentage and uh, the, the games in hand, which yeah. I think were were legitimate, uh, you know, legitimate things to, to discuss. Because if if a team had eleven games left and, and some of them were back to back, all these things factor in. Mm-hmm. So I think by letting the the, the twenty four teams in uh, and then having the play down, uh, I think that's best case scenario and. It, and uh, I, I, I like that the NHL is being proactive and trying to finish the season um, and even cutting off the regular season stats as of last week, I, I thought was a smart decision. You know what? I think they are. They're doing, uh, they're doing things better than a lot of other leagues and um, certainly leading in, when it comes to the return from COVID. Um, how are you feeling about the team that wins the cup this year? Do you think there's going to be some kind of asterisk or do you think it's going to even matter? I think there might be uh, a little bit of an asterisk beside it, uh, but no more, no more than uh, than perhaps a lockout shortened season. Right. And, Just in the uh, fact that it's a little bit different. It is. It is different, and and but I think people have to, and they will over time understand that. Oh yeah, back in two thousand twenty, uh, that's what happened uh, right. when you when you look back on this thing. But uh, th- there might be a, an asterisk beside it. Uh, you know, similar to uh, uh, you know, 2012, 2013, uh, and even going back, way back to uh, to 94, 95, when uh, 
uh, when the Devils won in a 48-game uh, regular season. Uh, but you know, the cups, the cups. So you gotta, yeah. you gotta love it. Yeah, I'm sure. No matter what, when you put that over your head, it doesn't matter how you got there. Um, right. Certainly excited to see hockey come back, uh, as everybody is. And are, have you looked at some of the matchups for that first round? And is there one that's sticking out as a, a possible upset? Well, the, the, the Pittsburgh-Montreal oh, there we uh, go. scenario there, where Montreal, I, I think they're in over their heads. Yeah. But um, in, in a short series, and if, uh, you know, if Carey Price can stand on his head, Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a possibility there, not a huge possibility, but yeah. uh, I, I, that, that's the one that interests me the most. Um, the the Columbus Toronto thing uh, is, is also very uh, <laughs> very interesting. Yeah, you can't I, count I, out torts in a in a short series. No, and in, in simply in recent history, just yeah. watching what uh, how he dismantled uh, uh, Tampa Bay's confidence last year. Right, and he's and he's a big part of that in, of in building te- building team confidence. When uh, he knew they were outgunned, but uh, they outworked the the Lightning. So, I mean, that's not going to be a cakewalk for the Leafs. So, there are some interesting matchups, and yeah. uh, you know, if hockey goes through the summer, I, I think uh, whether there's fans in the stands or not, uh, people are going to tune in. Oh, for sure. Uh, I'm excited to see that Habs series as well as a Habs fan, but uh, I'm a little worried about a healthy Pittsburgh team. I know uh, Bukestad just went down, but, you know, a little, they got a scary lineup. Uh, absolutely. And, and you, look, uh, you look down the middle, mm-hmm. and, and, and until those guys uh, start tailing off a little bit, uh, and when I'm talking about Crosby and Malkin, yeah. uh, they're a threat. They're a threat to win at any time. And, uh, and and Malkin, who missed quite a bit of time this year, uh, when he was in the lineup, he was really producing. So yeah, he was. Um, I think it's uh, it, it might be a little too much for Montreal, but uh, but very interesting. And 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 the big thing is in Montreal, uh, it really takes the heat off management uh, by them sliding into this twenty four uh, team format. Big time. That's a, that's an interesting point. Um, so as most of my listeners know, uh, your brother, Greg Smith, who's been a, an excellent guest and ambassador for, for hockey in Asia, has been on the show. So we know a little bit about your childhood. But tell me a little bit about, uh, from your perspective, what life was like growing up in Nepean and how you eventually fell in love with hockey. Well, yeah, it was actually started uh, a little bit before, uh, before Nepean where uh, you know, both my parents were teachers. And, uh, and Greg and I had the opportunity uh, uh, to, to live in France for a year on an exchange program uh, where the teachers live in, uh, in our house in Canada for a year and we go to France. Uh, so that's where we actually started skating um, <laughs> with, with, uh, with Greg. Uh, he got to play hockey right away. Um, he, he was older. He was a bit obviously older. Yeah. Six years older and he got to play right away and, and, uh, and got the feel of it. Uh, whereas uh, there was no hockey for me specifically, there was a little bit of soccer, but there was there was more or less figure skating slash public skating. Yeah. Uh, so it would be uh, it would be a little bit different, but uh, that's that's kind of where we uh, where I got to to start skating, and then uh, and then come back and and uh, you know six years old, you're starting grade one, and you're playing in the outdoor hockey league, and you're playing novice. Um, you know, and, and, and certain things happen where, uh, you know, my, my dad, 
Uh, our dad would, uh, would, would coach teams for us all the time, uh, always heavily involved. And uh, he would do certain things where, uh, you know, maybe I'd be playing defense uh, my first year novice just to get a little more ice time than playing the three lines up, up front, you know. And uh, he was always uh, conscious of that. And so that's kind of how we got into it. And, uh, you know, obviously in Canada, hockey's huge. And, and, uh, and I was uh, uh, more so a fan of the, uh, of the Ontario Hockey League's Ottawa 67s, mm-hmm. who had uh, uh, always exceptional teams uh, growing up and, uh, and just loved going to the games on Friday nights. So that, that was kind of where, where my intro was into it. And, uh, and then also watching Greg play. I was a rink rat. Uh, going around to Greg's team, Greg's always always playing on the high end, high end competitive teams, and uh, yeah, I always remember going around Saturday mornings and uh, you know when the pucks went over the boards because there was no glass at the time; it was so far away, it was so long mm-hmm. ago yeah. that uh, <laughs> wow. you'd run around and grab the pucks and of bring course. them back to the coach, and yeah. uh, so always good memories with stuff like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so let's go back to uh, you when you got drafted by the London Knights. Um, was that expected? And and you know that's a pretty storied franchise. It must have been exciting, no matter who you're you're drafted to at that time. But how were you feeling about being drafted by the London Knights? Well, just just excited because yeah. I had played in uh, coming out of a midget double A, mm-hmm. uh, and at the same time playing high school hockey. Uh, in, in in grade eleven, and so I played a lot of hockey that year as as a sixteen year old, and uh, and it started to get a little bit of size, and started uh, uh, started to improve a little bit. So uh, the Knights took a flyer on me in the uh, uh, I believe it was a fourth to last pick right. of uh, of the uh, Ontario Hockey League draft, which is uh, uh, at the time was twenty rounds. Yeah, um, and I think the only guy. The only guy who, who had any sort of career, had a great career, actually, my buddy uh, Derek Armstrong. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. He, he went a couple of picks after me to, to, the, to the Sudbury Wolves. Yeah. So there was no expectation to make it. But, uh, yeah. you know, you go to camp and yeah. uh, you have the old 48-hour rule where you, 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 can, you can play exhibition games. You can, sorry, you can play training camps, but you can't play exhibition games. Right. Otherwise, you use your your, your college eligibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happened with me was I I wasn't guaranteed a spot on the team, and uh, I I simply I left after uh, after two days, and uh, started the season back here in Ottawa. But then realized the Ontario Hockey League was where I wanted to be, so I asked if I'd come back, and uh, sure enough, they gave me an opportunity to come back uh, a couple weeks later, and. Uh, Got to play there for three years. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, you're right. It was a. It's an unbelievable franchise. It was good back then, and now it's an unreal franchise, mm-hmm. uh, run by the Hunters, uh, who who run it like a pro franchise. And uh, you know, I had to bide my time there. Uh, we had a we had an older team. Uh, we had some real good hockey players: uh, Louis DeBrus, Chris Taylor, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. It, junior hockey is a cycle, and sometimes, uh, sometimes when you're 17 or 18, you're not going to play ahead of a 19 or 20 year old. So you almost had to wait for some of these guys to clear out. Yeah, and uh, that's exactly what happened to me. Well, they were certainly uh, took a chance on you, and it certainly worked out for them. Um, by the time your final season came around, you 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 had an amazing year. 
put up 109 points in 66 games along with 25 points in the playoffs. How did that happen for you and what led to that success? Was it more of, uh, like you just said, you were buying your time learning from the veterans or what was it that led to that success? Well, we had uh, opportunity, what I, I would say was the first thing that we had at the time, uh, three quarters of our roster leave uh, the summer before. So I was sitting there with, as an 18-year-old with 17 goals, which, uh, which isn't a, a huge number. Uh, by any means, uh, but it was the second most coming back uh, for for the following season. So there there weren't huge expectations on our team, uh, but I was fortunate. I got to, I got to play with a, an overage center, uh, and we got off to a great start, and uh, and we didn't stop. And uh, that was uh, yeah, that was a big deal for for me to be able to uh, uh, to play that well that year and, and and the summer before it was I was a 19 year old and I, I I'd filled out uh, to an extent that uh, uh, that I that I'd put on enough mass and, and my, my skating had improved enough my skating was was never very good uh, but it improved through uh, uh, through a lot of weight training and a lot of rollerblading believe it or not and uh, yeah you got an opportunity to play and, and you just try to make the most of it when uh, when you are given that opportunity and at that point, did, is that when you started thinking that maybe you're going to have a career in hockey? Yeah, it was, and because uh, once you once you start putting up numbers in the Ontario Hockey League, you you start looking around and and uh, and, and and you think, well, maybe this is for me. And uh, and I was fortunate at the time; I had uh, I had two or three NHL teams offering me tryouts, um, and decided to go with the. Uh, the, the Florida Panthers mm-hmm. and uh, they were starting fresh and uh, uh, this is this is back in, in 1993 and and uh, they needed players to stockpile their developmental system of course um, yeah because the the kids that they drafted I was a 20 I had just turned 20 but the kids they had drafted um, were only 18 so they were all going back to junior and uh, so what they what they did was stockpile uh, their their system with minor league veterans and and they kept a couple of spots open for uh, for kids uh, being twenty and twenty one and uh, and they were very uh, they were very forthright in saying that uh, there's there's two contracts available and there's five or six of you going at it and uh, and and you guys decide who wants to be here so. Uh, so I was fortunate there, where I got an opportunity to play uh, pro as a 20-year-old instead of going back to London as a as a potential overage. Um, but it, you know, it was a it was a rough go the first couple of years pro simply because um, it was a split affiliate. Right. And, so were they two year? What were the con- two way contracts at that time, or what what was the deal there? They were there were two way contracts for everyone on our team in Cincinnati. Right. Uh, but. Cincinnati owned half the contracts, so okay. Cincinnati was was an international hockey league uh, team, and and what had happened there was uh, they were the, they were the only independent league, and uh, very similar to WHA. So what they would do, uh, it would be a landing spot for for twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine year old guys, journeyman players that maybe played a hundred games in the NHL that were good hockey players. Uh, would would sign for a little more in the independent league, and uh, you know it was it was difficult getting ice time with uh, with guys that had scored 
uh, 100 points in the minors the year before. Right. Um, so I, I, I ended up bouncing uh, back and forth between the ECHL down in Alabama and Cincinnati for uh, the better part of a year and a half. And you were putting up huge numbers in Birmingham. And was there, what was the big difference between those two leagues at the time? Oh, simply at the time, simply professionalism. Okay. Um, the the East Coast League, um, the East Coast League now is much more professional as it, uh, than it was back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> there was, I can guarantee you, there was a lot less fighting uh, now, <laughs> yeah. and 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 stick work uh, as there was back then. So um, there were several power play opportunities. Uh, which, uh, which, <laughs> added which to I, got, the numbers. I got a buck. Yeah. Oh, you added to the numbers, and there was a lot more ice time. <laughs> and uh, and you know, looking back on it, uh, Chris, I, I loved playing there. Oh, and, well, that's uh, great. And we had, uh, you don't think of uh, of Alabama as a hockey. No, it doesn't. It doesn't jump to the top of the list. No, and it isn't. But yeah. you, we did have our six, seven, eight thousand faithful. And oh, that can make uh, you know, it a they, fun night anytime. Oh, oh, fun night anytime, and they would look after the team in terms of uh, uh, you know the team at that level uh, puts you up in housing, right? Uh, be, because most of the guys aren't aren't making any sort of any sort of bank at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, sure enough, half the fans would be part of the booster club, and it would be very uh, uh, circular in, in, in terms of who you're running into, and uh, uh, so. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't the. Uh, it's not where you want to be as a professional player. But uh, one, you get a chance to play, and and two, it's. Uh, I mean, it was a. It was heck of a climate down there. I didn't see any snow. <laughs> That's true. You got to look at the positives always. <laughs> well, uh, exactly. Yeah. So as you're putting up those numbers in your first couple of years, uh, you're just kind of buying your time, waiting for your opportunity with Florida. Um, yeah. Tell me about when that first happened. Uh, your first NHL game and. And describe your first NHL goal because I couldn't find it online. Yeah, well, I got. Uh, uh, was fortunate that my third year pro, uh, the Florida Panthers had decided, and uh, you know all these kids are out of major junior now, uh, so they need their own affiliate. So we we moved uh, we moved to Greensboro, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, all our all the uh, Florida Panther prospects, and um, it was an AHL expansion team. And uh, that that was a that was a good place for for me. I got to, I got to play with uh, uh, Marcel Dion's younger brother, mm-hmm. uh, Gilbert Dion. Yeah. Uh, who I don't know if you you remember him. Oh, Obviously, of course. For the Mo- yeah. yeah. Mo- Montreal Canadiens. He was my he was my left winger. Wow. And, uh, I didn't know and that. A, and a guy named Brett Harkins, uh, okay. who's a, who's a pass first guy. Both both left hand shots. And uh, we simply we, we simply dominated the league. Yeah. And uh, I, the power play uh, was was running at twenty five percent. Everything was great, and uh, scored a whole bunch of goals and got and got to get uh, an opportunity uh, to get called up that year mm-hmm. uh, and played and played seven games with the Panthers and uh, yeah scored a goal in uh, in uh, my I believe it was my sixth sixth game with. Uh, I was, I was starting to get a little antsy for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, had, I had no points after the first five games, and I and I was getting opportunities. And uh, but I got I got a, a power play goal on on Ed Belfour. Uh, wow! At the at the United Center, and then in Chicago, up an assist. Yeah, picked up an assist the next night, and uh, yeah, so it, it was uh, an exciting time, and uh, yeah, 
very, very different uh, feel with the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I was I was excited to get called up. Of course. Well, let's. Well, there's a reason you got called up. Let's take a look at that '95 '96 season. Uh, certainly, a, a very, very special year for you and for any hockey player. To be honest, uh, here's a quick rundown for our listeners of what you accomplished that year. Uh, first of all, league MVP, first team All Star. You had 68 goals in 68 games, uh, 126 points in total. An absolute monster of a season. Uh, you t- you just spoke about the line mates that you had. Was it was it that fresh start in Carolina? Is that and 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 the opportunity that you were given? What was it that clicked that year? Well, I think that was that was a big part of it, Chris. Is is that in the two previous years, um, and I, I up until that point, I wouldn't consider myself a, a uh, or they wouldn't have considered me a, a much of a prospect just because I was bouncing up and down the coast. Um, and that was a fresh start in, in Greensboro, and uh, and it gave me an opportunity to uh, uh, to showcase my skills. I was fortunate in in that the head coach, uh, Rich Crom, had come over from Cincinnati, where he'd been an assistant, and uh, and and knew me where where he didn't know some of the other players. So I got an opportunity right at the start of the season, and uh, it was one of those. Uh, it's one of those things where you you know you only have one career year, yeah, and and that would that would have been it, and it started it started right away. Uh, I mean, uh, we scored two goals in the first regular season game. I had two goals at the the last one, um, so everything went well. And and you're going to have seasons like that and stretches as a as a shooter where um, when your shooting percentage um, is is over 23 percent. Yeah, uh, it's almost like you're going over the top. And now that I, now that being an analyst, when you're looking at all these things, uh, you, you see guys that that have the 25 percent shooting percentage one year, and then 12 the 12 the other. You yeah, let's put it, put that into perspective. The average uh, your average yes. goal score is somewhere in the mid teens uh, on average. I would say. Yes, exactly. Okay, and uh, you know, and the high the, you, you do trust yourself to shoot because it is it is a it is a confidence uh, yeah. thing and 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 you do want to get the four, three, four, five shots a game and uh, that does make a difference and uh, uh, so yeah it was an ex- it was an exciting year and uh, it, it kind of gave me my my opportunity in the NHL right and the great Kevin Weeks I was listening to something he was saying he actually said you're one of the best natural goal scorers he's ever seen so those were some kind words uh, from uh, one of your yeah. ex teammates. Well, for sure, Kevin was great. He was our, uh, he was one of our goaltenders down there, and he was young guys two years two years younger than me, and uh, and uh, he he did the same thing. He just kept developing and uh, and got an opportunity, and and uh, went on to uh, went on to play for the Canucks and and the Devils, and uh, had a long career. He certainly he certainly did. Uh, the following year, you got uh, your biggest opportunity with uh, with the L.A. Kings. How did that move happen? Well, I was in uh, I was in Florida. I made the team out of camp in Florida, um, and they had been highly successful uh, the year before. Uh, obviously, going to the finals, yeah, and, and losing to losing to the Avalanche, and they weren't making a whole lot of changes. Uh, the right side was was fairly stacked, uh, but uh, I made the team out of camp, and uh, and uh, I I would have had to clear waivers going going back 
to the minors. And, and what had happened to me was uh, uh, I played maybe eight or nine games. I believe it was eight games with the Panthers that year. But it was they were all early on, and I hadn't played in about a month and a half. Right. And uh, so I don't think I don't think I would have cleared waivers at the time. And um, they, they, they they thought instead of trying to send me down, well, we'll move them. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we'll move Brad out west. And uh, I got a good opportunity with the Kings, and uh, yeah, I moved out there and and uh, and got to play uh, the rest of the ninety six ninety seven season uh, with the Kings, which was uh, uh, the year after uh, Gretzky had been traded mm-hmm. to. Uh, the St. Louis Blues, of all places, yeah, and uh, yeah, and they were in a, the Kings were in a big transition, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was a good time, and uh, had some early on success there. Let's talk a little bit about that year. Uh, who who were you playing with, and what kind of opportunities were you getting? Um, were you, did you have a top six role in in uh, within the Kings for a while, and were you were you getting some power play looks? Uh, getting a little bit of power play looks on the second unit at times. Um, it was a very scattered uh, team at, at first. I, I did get to play with uh, with with you know, kind of hockey legends in in, in um, Ed Olchuk and Ray Ferraro yeah. at, at at certain times, and then would slide back into the uh, into the, uh, the the bottom six, uh, and then at times the bottom three, yeah. and at times the press box. So yeah. so the opportunity was there, and, and, and sometimes it was, and sometimes it wasn't. Uh, a lot of things were going on uh, at the time with the Kings, but. Uh, uh, I had had some success there, and uh, and and definitely loved uh, loved playing at the old uh, the old Forum in Inglewood. What was the atmosphere walking in there right after Gretzky left? Was it was it as it seems it would be? Was there a little bit of a down down feeling around the team, or was the city still optimistic with hockey? You know what? There there was uh, there was a little bit of a you you could feel it. Like okay, well Gretzky's gone and. Maybe we'll come back when this team's really good. Yeah, uh, we, we we didn't. We still had a strong fan base, and uh, and, uh, and and team and people liked the team. But you you could feel it for sure. Uh, uh, the team had uh, had all that success uh, in the in the early nineties uh, when they when they went to the finals mm-hmm. uh, against Montreal, and uh, and every celebrity was out. But watching them, and then that's the but that that's the nature of the beast in L.A. When you're hot, you're hot. People will come and watch you. That's right. But uh, it, it was it was still a lot of fun, and uh, you know you met a lot of great great guys there, and, and uh, you know guys like uh, well guys like or Ray Ferraro, and, and specifically a guy like Rob Blake who was just turning yeah. into uh, turning into a star at the time, and uh, um, so you could see that you could see the team starting to come, and. Uh, you know, we we, uh, we didn't make the playoffs that year, but it was uh, it was a lot of fun. So, from 1997 to 2002, uh, you were a mainstay for the Hartford Wolfpack, averaging over a point a game, which you seem to consistently do everywhere you've played throughout your career. Tell me a little bit about your role when you're playing in the AHL versus your role when you got up to the NHL. Yeah, it was there was certainly a difference. Uh, Chris, I, I think my, my 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 skating held me back a little bit. Uh, obviously, not the most fluid skater. Um, would be playing more of a top six, top three, or top six role in the in the American Hockey League. 
Um, and with the Hartford Wolfpack uh, specifically, we uh, the Rangers affiliate. They were uh, they had just moved their affiliate from Binghamton mm-hmm. to to Hartford, and and the Whalers unfortunately had just left, uh, which really hurt that city, right? Uh, because because they loved that team and uh, the Brass Bonanza, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they missed they missed that. But what they tried to do was. Uh, uh, the Rangers had had some money. Obviously, they do have money, and they would try to stockpile their team, right. their American Hockey League yep. team, and, and and just take runs at it. And it's very similar to, uh, uh, I would say, the, the modern day Hershey Bears. Okay. Um, yeah. Who who do who do the same thing? They stockpile their team. They believe in bringing in four or five veterans, paying yep. them a lot of money, yeah, and, and stable stabilizing the kids coming up, which makes a lot of sense. It does. Yeah. So we all. We we always had very good teams, yeah, and, uh, and and the guys that came through there, uh, you know, uh, you know, like I played with Mark Savard there uh, for thirty or forty games, and and guys of of that ilk, tremendous so, talent. Yeah, and they were just twenty years old, so you knew they were they were, they were going to move on. So so we ended up staying there in Hartford, and uh, you know, it, we were very fortunate in the in the sense that. Uh, had a great coach in, in John Paddock, who just uh, mm-hmm. uh, his foot was on the gas all the time with us, yeah. and uh, you know he, he got us to the got us to the Calder Cup in two thousand, and uh, you know made a lot of friends on that team. You know, ex Saber, uh, you know uh, Jason Daw was my left winger. Mm-hmm. You know, guys like that, and, uh, and and we had a blast, and, uh, and and we got a ring out of it. So it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Oh, it's always nice to get a ring on top of everything else. Uh, I've been a big fan of the AHL for a long time, actually, because when I was, I think, 11 years old, the Cape Breton Oilers came to town. Uh, I grew up in in Cape Breton, so that was a huge deal. So I got to go out and uh, and watch professional hockey for the first time. And um, I became friends with, I actually knew Dave Andrews' son, who... Uh, who was playing hockey with me at the time? So I, I watched yeah. him rise up the ranks and uh, and become, you know, the commissioner of the AHL, which he's been doing for a long, long time. And and that league has has come a long way over the years. I mean, uh, can you tell me a little bit about uh, some of the changes that have happened in the American Hockey League in the last thirty years? Well, just the the uh, the evolution of of teams moving from uh, markets like Cape Breton, like over to California right or or down south and it and it's really become a uh, uh, and even though those places are hockey hotbeds but now it's a more North American league yeah um, where where if you think back uh, to some of these places like I played for the Springfield Falcons mm-hmm. and uh, then you, you be you're thinking of the Providence Bruins and the Worcester Ice Cats but now you're thinking of Bakersfield Yep. Uh, the on the Ontario Rain, and uh, so I, I think it's just more of a North American league. And I think Dave's done it. He's done it. He, well, he's he's had a huge hand in that, in, in making it uh, making it a strong league. And uh, and you always see he's he's very flexible in in uh, in adapting the the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, a season before the NHL switches over to them, so you know you're talking three on three. Uh, I remember when it switched to four on four. Yeah, they've the tried American everything. <laughs> oh yeah, and the shootout and, and yeah. everything. So they were never afraid to do anything. Dave was never afraid to do anything. And uh, and uh, but I I do like the uh, the out east component mm-hmm. um, 
uh, I, I think that's uh, that's important in the league and uh, you know I I can always say when we went out to St. John's Newfoundland we always yeah. had a good time I'm sure you did. Yeah, uh, and uh, the, I watching the Cape Breton Oilers brought brought a huge excitement to the whole, not just the Sydney area, but like people came from from hours away to watch those games. And you know, uh, we just spoke with uh, with Dennis Dennis Bombi last week, who who had lots of nice things to say about you as well. Uh, oh, nice. Um, nice. And yeah. he played uh, with Dennis and Bing. Played with Dennis and Bingo. At, that's right. So and and Ottawa. And, and he Ottawa. was. That's right. So he was. He was talking about his time in Cape Breton and his time, uh, you know, watching. He came in at a great time when the team was hot, and uh, you know they had a really good, a really good squad in Cape Breton, and uh, it was really fun to watch that development happen. Yeah, and I think uh, the other, the other thing that's missing back. Well, the difference is, uh, you you would have. Uh, four or five legitimate heavyweights yeah. on your roster. That's right. Uh, in some of these places. And, and a lot of it had to do with, well, if you're going to play uh, your arch rival um, 15 or 12 times a year, um, they're going to load up and you're going to load up. And right. uh, uh, So I think that's changed a little bit in the American Hockey League. Yeah. Where there, there, there simply isn't as, as much as that as, as the past. Yeah, he told the story. I think it was something along the lines of there were five guys on the roster that had fought Bob Probert, and it wasn't even him. Yeah, <laughs> that was well, before they, they, he had his opportunities. Like yeah. times were different in the AHL back then. Yes, they certainly were. Yeah. So before your final two seasons in the AHL, you took off to Finland and you won a championship there in a place called Karpat. How did that happen, and uh, did you enjoy that uh, experience in Finland? Well, uh, I did, and uh, what had happened was I, I was I was holding out for uh, um, potentially a, a a bigger contract with uh, I just finished with with the Senators for a year, and I wanted a bigger contract um, or something more in line with what yeah. I thought, uh, even if it was a two way deal. Um, so I got an opportunity to go to Finland, uh, as camp got closer and closer. And, uh, like I said, my friend, uh, Jason Daw was over there and he, and, uh, they had just hit a rash of injuries and they had just started the season. They start the season earlier over there and, uh, and they completed earlier. So, um, I thought, you know, I'm going to go over there and, uh, and play for a bit. And I ended up liking it. And uh, what a hockey team! And uh, you know, our, our, our two goaltenders uh, were, were our starter was Nick Backstrom from yeah. Wow, who went on to play for the Wild. Yeah, and our backup was was a nineteen year old uh, Pekarine. Wow! So, and he had just been he had <laughs> just insane. been drafted, just been drafted in the uh, I believe it was the seventh or eighth round by by Nashville, and he was he was just Gumby back then. Yeah. And uh, but he, he he couldn't see much net in practice when he came down. And, I don't and imagine him. he's a big man. No, he's he's a big man. And he had, wow, what a career he's had! But um, our team, uh, UC Okanen was on that team. Peter okay. Tenkrat, mm-hmm. um, good teams, uh, good team. And, and we we simply won three one four nothing. I think we set a record for giving up the least goals in a uh, in a regular season. And it just rolled on into the playoffs, and, uh, and and we won everything. And what what a fun year! 
and uh, it was the most northern tip of uh, of Finland. Uh, you're not far from Russia, and there isn't a whole lot of daylight, and, and it's cold. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's a it was a different uh, it was a different vibe, and it was it was probably something I needed at the time. I was 30 years old, and uh, maybe maybe in a little bit of a rut. Um, so to go over there and, 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 and even get some different training methods, um, uh, you know, the Finns are, Finns are notorious for working really hard mm-hmm. and, uh, and they're gritty. I mean, you're out there running before practice, uh, for 15 minutes in the snow before you throw your gear on, yeah. uh, th- things of that nature. And, uh, I think it was good for me. And then, uh, and uh, came back and kind of refreshed and, uh, you know, uh, signed a signed a couple of years with the Kings, and uh, and you know, unfortunately, the uh, the o four o five season when I came back, we there was <laughs> there was a lockout. The lockout, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Which uh, you know, the American League was pretty good that year. And, yeah, it was uh, really good that year. Yeah, yeah, we are. You know, we we uh, in Manchester we played with uh, we played Lowell Lowell Mass. Mm-hmm. Lowell, Massachusetts, a million times, and you, you know you had Eric Stahl on that team, and and uh, and Cam Ward, and you could you could just see these guys, you know, what they were going to become. So um, that was a that was a, that was a different time, but uh, certainly good hockey. Yeah. So uh, after your time in Finland, um, yeah, you you made it back uh, back back to America. Was that a smart choice, or did you? Uh, did, were you refreshed and, and you were looking for that start back in America? Yeah, I, I wanted to. I wanted to give it one more crack to try yep. to play uh, play more NHL games. I wanted more NHL games on my uh, uh, on my resume, and and I and I thought uh, you know coming back uh, from Finland um, and taking what I've learned from there, I'd get an opportunity. Uh, unfortunately, that opportunity never came. Uh, I played two years in the American Hockey League, and then, and then at that point, uh, after the o five o six season, um, you know, I had just turned uh, thirty three, and uh, you know, the, the the trend in the American Hockey League, even at that time, and, and it's even more so now. You're talking about the difference in the American Hockey League. Yeah. Well, if you're if you're not playing in the NHL when you're twenty five, twenty six. It's a uphill battle. Of course, yeah. every once in a while somebody does it, but uh, uh, no one's looking to plug uh, somebody that old into their roster. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was best to, uh, you know, more or less finish the bulk of my career in in Europe. Yeah, well, I think you made. It seems like you made a, a really good choice at the right time. It's not like you limped out of the AHL. Your final season, you had eighty six points. I mean, uh, you were definitely uh, capable of, of grinding it out in the AHL for as many years as you would have wanted to. Um, you were obviously still playing at a really high level. So what, what was it ultimately that made you make that decision to, uh, to go over and play in the Dell in Germany? Uh, just, just age. Age yeah. and, uh, and also, also uh, life experience, too. You're, you're, you're looking at, uh, uh, at an opportunity to move your, your you know your, your family your wife over there and see something totally different and uh, you know hockey's a small world you talk to players that have been there um, you know some of the <laughs> some of the teams try to recruit you through the players right and uh, that happens that are, a lot 
Oh, that happens a lot. And, yeah. uh, and that was no different for me in Hamburg yeah. uh, where, where they were reaching out for me the, the, the year before. Um, so it was inevitable that, uh, that I was going to go to that team at some point. And, uh, it, it was, a, it was a good experience. And, uh, you know, the, the thing about Europe, you, you can, you can move around a lot and see a different pla- different amount of places yeah. in, in, in not that long a time. So, um, I, I thought it was a good move and, and, uh, you know, I had three good years in, in, in uh, in Hamburg, in the in the DEL. Yeah, you were an all star in the league. Uh, you you had three good years there, like you said. Why don't you tell us? There must be a couple of interesting stories about life in Germany. Well, life in Germany, the <laughs> the fans, the, yeah, the, the fans are these, yeah. uh, the fan experience of a game is is, is very much like uh, uh, soccer, and they all have the soccer attitude, and uh, we would come out. Um, uh, and they would introduce the other team's lineup and fans in the back end of the rink, the real hardcore fans, uh, would turn their back on, on the other team coming out. Okay. Or they'd have a newspaper and they'd, and they'd pretend not to notice. And, and then when we came out, they'd turn around and start cheering. Just go nuts. And, uh, certain things you'll always remember were, um, after a game, uh, we, we'd have to stay on the ice, and sometimes you wanted to, but sometimes you want to get off the ice after a game. I yeah. <laughs> but if it, it, you know, if, if things have gone well and you've won, obviously they, you stay on the ice, and uh, the fans call out whoever's had a good game uh, to do something special for the fans. Okay. Uh, so you have one guy, uh, maybe who's a who's a fantastic skater, will do a lap around the rink. Wow. And while everyone while everyone else just stands there, uh, you'd have other you'd have, you know, I remember doing a mo- the moonwalk. Oh my uh, gosh! The moonwalk from the blue line down to the hash marks, and uh, it's just crazy things, and uh, it, it's funny. It's uh, it's it's a neat experience, and uh, but it definitely it definitely derives from the uh, from the soccer uh, the soccer atmosphere. We and all this time, I thought the Carolina Hurricanes invented that post game celebration stuff. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. That's interesting. I mean, they, they, they I think they perfected it. There's definitely, uh, uh, I don't know who who's in charge down there. I thought it was Justin Williams, but it there's was, a lot of var- yeah. there, there's a lot of variation of, of what they're doing, and it uh, it keeps things interesting. I you know, it's uh, I find it humorous, of course. And if you can't admit that entertainment's a part of the game of hockey right now, then you're not really in touch with it. So I think I think it's kind of fun, and and uh, you know, it adds that little extra bit of excitement. For sure, for um, sure. So at, you were playing in the Dell, and I know all these leagues uh, in Europe, but the, all of the, the Premier Leagues and the Division A Leagues, it's all quality hockey. It seems like you really got the travel bug. Um, you jumped around for a few years with experiences in Croatia, and then you went to Italy and, the, and France, and you played in the U.K. What do you remember most about those experiences and, and just exploring the world? Well, that was it. I, I mean, my last year in Germany, unfortunately, I had a bad, a severe back injury where, okay. uh, where, where I had a sciatic problem. Mm-hmm. And the uh, season was cut short, um, actually mid-season, and had to fight to complete the season. Yeah. So it was a real tough year. And, you know, at, at, age, uh, at age 36, uh, you know, it, it was getting tougher to get, to, to, to get contracts and, and, and and play at a, play at a high level in terms of, uh, uh, of, of 
you know, Germany, mm-hmm. uh, Finland, all these places. So, um, oh, we wanted to keep traveling and, 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 and playing a, a good level of hockey. So we had an opportunity to go to, uh, uh, in the next few years, Zagreb, uh, um, Italy. I went to Fossa. Yep. Um, you know, I played in Belfast for, for, for a couple months. Um, got to play in France. Um, my second last year pro, which was, uh, which was great because uh, I have the ability, uh, living in the Ottawa area, in the Pian area, oh, I can speak French, right? Of uh, course. Which, which makes it uh, makes it more fun. So, so that was in a ski resort. So you had all these experiences where uh, moved around a little bit, but you got to see different parts of the world, and it was, uh, you know, it was it was, it was an exciting time. It's one of those things where you look back on, you're like, well, I'm glad I got to go travel and do that. Well, I can't think of a better way to travel the world, to be honest. Well, yeah, and you're 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 looking at it as uh, okay. You're you're only going to some of these places for six, seven months. Yeah, and, make the best uh, of it. Well, you just make the best of it, and and then you're um, you, you can go and see other places at the same time. The the beautiful thing about uh, Europe is that uh, as opposed to having an all star break, uh, they'll have certain breaks in the season where you get two or three days off. And if you're only three or four hour drive from somewhere uh, mm-hmm. that might be two countries over, uh, you can do it. So it's all accessible. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, after your six years abroad, in 2012, uh, you made the return to North America for what would prove to be your 20th and final season of professional hockey. Did you know going into that year that it was going to be your last? I had a feeling. I, I wanted to. Re, I wanted to reach twenty years pro mm-hmm. playing. I, I had always in my head, uh, you know, tried to try to get to age 40, 20, 20 to forty, and then and then kind of move on. Um, now that was a. It was a good. It was a good experience. Uh, my uh, my good friend Derek Armstrong had just uh, had been living in Denver, and and uh, they had uh, secured a, a Central Hockey League expansion team mm-hmm. and the league uh the league itself didn't have the best reputation um because the east coast league was out there it, the east coast league was considered a step ahead of it um the central league was considered the old texas league right but it had gotten better it had expanded um and uh, they put a team in denver and uh, we were the we were the uh, second affiliate of the uh of the colorado avalanche right uh, which was which was special because uh, uh, we were allowed to get their fifth and sixth goalies in the system mm-hmm. uh, to our team. Right, and uh, you uh, so, you played on the seems like the league's top line that year, and you know you had seventy eight points in sixty five games again, over a point a game. Yeah, we had uh, good good chemistry right away with the uh, I want to say the two kids I was playing with, but. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, they, they were kids at the time, and uh, you know they were they were they were minor league veterans. Well, one of them got a chance to play in the American Hockey League after um, AJ Gale um, halfway during that season, and uh, or the next season. And uh, you know that that line had great chemistry. You had a passer, you had a shooter. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I would go in and muck up, muck up, uh, muck things up, and, and get these guys a puck once in a while. They were they were probably a, a quarter step faster than me at the time. I was thirty nine, mm-hmm. but um, you know we we did some damage, and uh, it was a real fun year. 
and at the time when, when you made the decision to, to, to retire, um, were you comfortable with it? Were you 100% sure that uh, it was your time? Yeah, I think for me, it was. It, it, I wasn't sure if I was going to play at a different level. If it would have been different, if I could have um, uh, maybe gone another year in France or something like that. But I was forty years old, and and you're getting you, you're getting to uh, to a point where you want to do something else, and and you're also hanging around twenty to twenty five year olds right on a bus. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that makes a difference. But uh, I had I had known that there, that there was going to be a coaching uh, vacancy um, uh, with the team for the following year, and uh, and I had been been promised that, and, uh, and and I took them up on it the summer, and uh, and got a good years of experience of of being an assistant coach. Uh, and also uh, being a, a general manager for for two thirds of the season, right? Uh, in, in terms of securing trades and things, so it was a great uh, great learning curve for me, uh, and and overall a good experience in Denver, despite the fact that uh, you know it's a tough go with that with that uh, that type of hockey because you can. Uh, you can fold in a hurry, and and that's exactly what happened um, the following season, where uh, we did not merge with the ECHL and uh, had no place to go. Well, that's unfortunate. But did you feel like uh, you were still at that point wanting to continue as a coach somewhere, or you know, did you want to get more into the broadcasting side of of hockey? And 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 how did that start? Yeah, no, I was. Uh, we had been traveling quite a bit. If if you look at, obviously, we talked about it over the years, and we wanted to get home to Ottawa. We had a home here, uh, family here, and uh, yeah, I was interested in, in 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 broadcasting. Always doing hockey schools here uh, over the years, and uh, have parlayed that into a business here, and uh, and certainly love uh, love doing the. Uh, the alumni games or the, uh, the, the alumni camps and, and, and being involved in that and the Sens alumni, which, uh, which we do a lot of stuff for in the city, uh, and the Sens foundation. So, so it's been a, it's been a good transition. Well, your career accomplishments are certainly very impressive. Uh, you're one of six all time to score 20 goals in the American league. That, uh, t- that was surprising to me. You would think, you know, over the years, there'd be a lot more guys that scored over 50 goals. So that, that one really surprised me. And I wasn't surprised that you were, uh, five times in, in the top 10 in scoring, uh, cause that seems to add up. And what most people might not know about you, Brad, is that you also weren't afraid to mix it up. Even late in your career, you were, ha- you had, uh, you had a few dust ups um, did you enjoy the physical part of the game as much as scoring goals, or or was it more just yeah. you, you trying to be a, a two hundred foot player and a leader? Yeah, it was more, especially later on, more trying to be a, a leader, especially with the uh, uh, the last year playing. Um, I mean, we played. You're talking about a geographically difficult league, that Central Hockey League. We played. A team called the Rapid City Rush, sixteen times. Oh my gosh! And and they had a few they had a few heavy hitters. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's, that's it's too many. Of, that's too many times to begin with. It it's too many times, and it's uh it's a lot of same day game travel, right? Uh, which is which is tough on the body on a sleeper bus. Yeah. And 
And that's that's the other thing with with that league. A lot of people don't realize is that uh, you're trying to cut costs at that level as much as you can. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times you're on a sleeper bus, which uh, <laughs> that's exactly what it means. You're sleeping yeah. on it. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, we we had uh, we we play a team like that 16 times, and they load up with three or four three or four guys and then we'd have to load up with three or four guys and you know you're 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 playing with one of the better centermen in the in the league yeah. so he's going to be targeted and and things happen you know yeah. hockey's an emotional game and and, and things happen out on the ice but uh, no i was never uh uh you know afraid of that aspect of of, of hockey and uh and i thought when i did play like that uh i played better right Oh, it certainly gets you into the game, and uh, if you can, uh, if you get that that um, you know, you're giving that boost to your teammates. It comes right back to you, and and you know, it, you feel like you're you're doing everything you possibly can for the team. So exactly, exactly. So there can't anyway, be I see Greg. I see Greg. I say I see Greg doing that in the uh, on his Thursday night hockey. In his at running, the CIA. he's still, running guys man, over. He's uh, he's dominating the CIHL. I, I, I'm. <laughs> I mentioned it every week. He's a top. He's one of the three stars every week in the league. Yeah, yeah. He's got. Uh, he's got a great release. I mean, uh, <laughs> he gets him. He gets himself in front. He's a big guy, and he yeah. puts him. You know, he puts himself in position to score goals. So yeah, he does. No, for for uh, for a long time now, he's been averaging up around three, four points a game. And, uh, yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, and no one wants to go near him in the corners. No, he's got. Uh, he's got a little edge to his game as well, doesn't he? He's, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, Brad, uh, in 2019, your incredible career led to your name being etched in hockey history as you entered the AHL Hall of Fame. Can you even put into words what it means to be a member of the Hall of Fame? Oh, obviously, it felt it felt great just to be to be recognized. I wonder if it. it you wondered. You've been out of the league so long that if, if it if it ever comes, but, uh, you know, I was happy when, when Dave Andrews gave me the call, uh, I guess it would be almost two years ago now. Um, it was, it was the fall, uh, I believe a bit of it, 2018. And, uh, no, I was, I was pumped and, uh, and, and actually going there, uh, you know, with my family at the time. And, uh, uh, I thought, uh, you know, this is, this is great. Uh, it's great for my, my parents to see great for my, my brother to see, but uh, it was just one of those things that uh, you're, you're proud of. But you, you know, it, it's also one of those things if you it, if you play long enough and you accumulate enough games and and, and, and things go well and, and you you know a lot of it uh, uh, is predicated on, on staying healthy. Mm -hmm. you, you know, and uh, that's that's almost a, a, a I don't want to say it's a talent uh, in itself, but you've got to play. You've got to play upwards of ninety percent of these games every year, and that's and, and to me, that's the thing I'm most proud of in the American Hockey League is not so much the points and the goals and and, and, and obviously the championship, but staying healthy and playing game after game because uh, you know we talk about the difference between the American Hockey League now and then. Well, there's no there's no four games in five nights now. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of four games in five nights where you're playing Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. And that, that is a grind. 
Well, it's truly, yeah, truly commendable. I mean, there's a reason why you're in the Hall of Fame there. And it keeps, this theme keeps coming up uh, with a lot of my guests and, and a lot of guys who were journeymen uh, pros who played all over yeah. the world. And, and the hardest part of it and the, the common theme is that you got to be able to, to play every single night, whether you're at 100% or whether you had two hours sleep the night before, or you're a little bit banged up. And that's the sign of a true pro and a guy that can, that can make a living playing hockey. No, absolutely, and uh, that that uh, that's the big difference. You, it's it's not uh, the volume of games, and you see it. Uh, yeah. You see it now with uh, uh, you know analyzing the games uh, with the Senators. You see, you can tell the difference between a college player and a junior player um, in terms of where where a player drops off, maybe post January, yeah, simply because of the volume of games, right, and. Uh, you know the, the strength levels there, but maybe maybe the stamina is off, or, or the uh, uh, and then you can also see uh, possibly better skill development in a college player where there's been more practice time yeah. and less volume of games. So you try to find that perfect balance. Uh, it's not the easiest thing to do, but I uh, but I think uh, I think hockey is heading in the uh, in the right direction with that. Right, and it's it just takes that certain mindset to be able to flip that switch uh, when when game time comes, and some guys have it, and some guys don't. No, absolutely, and yeah. and, and those are the guys that uh, you want on your team. That's right. So, uh, Brad, let's talk a little bit about uh, life after hockey. You mentioned uh, your year of coaching down in Denver um, and uh, the, the the enjoyment that you got out of out of getting the the experience there. Um, what are you? What have you been doing since then? Well, I've been running uh, running camps for uh, uh, through the through the NHL alumni, and then my own camps uh, where I will. I will uh, work for several associations within the city uh, uh, of Ottawa and uh, go out and run practices, uh, do skill development, coordinate uh, coordinate their their curriculum, and uh, yeah, in, in especially in and around rural places uh, in Ottawa where where they're not offered uh, the opportunity for that. So that's been that's been very gratifying for me, and then. And then, obviously, working uh, working for uh, uh, TSN twelve hundred radio uh, has been has been fantastic, and being part of the Sens games, and uh, you know that that's been outstanding. And and in combination with what what we've been able to do, uh, been part of the Sens alumni and, and the Sens Foundation in terms of uh, uh, of playing multiple charity games and, and being involved in. Uh, in charities and in, in, in ball hockey tournaments and anything involved with uh, with growing the game uh, specifically for kids uh, who don't get the opportunity to play. Uh, one of my one of my duties with with that is is, is the learn to play program, and uh, this is a it's a program that the Sens provide, the Ottawa Senators provide, where kids get their first ten hours of ice ever. Right. And uh, they've they, they've been given uh, uh, you pay a small fee to get we outfit the kids from head to toe, uh, including state including skates and straight hockey stick and you go on the ice and uh, and over over ten weeks uh, you're you're learning the game you're basically learning to not worry about falling down and getting up. 
Right. And and by the end of it, you get a certificate, and uh, and this this gets this gets kids involved in hockey, and it and it doesn't cost an arm and a leg, and uh, uh, so very proud to be involved in something like that. Yeah, it's so rewarding to give back. And what has your involvement been in the development over here in Asia? Can you talk a little bit about uh, the connection that you have here and, and how we ended up talking t- tonight? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, my brother Greg runs the uh, runs the, the HK Tigers and, uh, and, and, you know, we've been doing it for several years now and it's just it's continuing to grow. Uh, we've had many camps, uh, a lot of Easter camps over the years. Um, and uh, we we put the curriculum together, and uh, we we're at Mega Ice, we're at Elements, um, and uh, it's been really rewarding, you know. And uh, and uh, I'm excited to to do the curriculum every week for 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 the programs, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and and helping out any way I can. And it's uh, you know I especially uh, like what's happened uh, in the last couple months, where obviously with with the climate in the world, um, for the kids to get back on the ice and, uh, and, and feel, uh, uh, feel almost normal again, uh, has been a huge plus. And, uh, this is going to go right through the summer, uh, that you learn to play, um, U9, U11, U13, Scotiabank League, uh, Scotia Island League has been a huge sponsor. And, you know, the four on four playing format, uh, that, that involves social distancing. Uh, I think it's been a real plus and, uh, you know, really happy to be part of the program. Yeah. And I'm, uh, Hong Kong and Asia are both, uh, very lucky to have you on board as well. And, you know, your brother Greg's doing such a great job, uh, trying to promote the game of hockey here. And, uh, it's really nice to have you around and, and to, uh, you know, see all the things that you're doing to give back, uh, to, to the game that you love. Yeah, well, I mean, Greg, you know, Greg's like the Gary Bettman over there, right? We do. So. He's the commish. <laughs> Except he's a little bigger. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, no, it's always good when he's he's coming on the ice, too, and helping out uh, helping out the kids and the programs, obviously. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it's a great uh, it's a great program. And the uh, just the, the branding, uh, just because I, uh, I'm involved with, with several uh, – associations in ottawa but the branding the branding done in hong kong with the actual uh jerseys and and logos are second to none yeah they certainly put a lot of effort and putting in those little details those are the things that go a long way especially when when you're when you're dealing with kids yeah absolutely kids want to look good out there that's right yeah uh, you know look look good play good chris that's right so brad what's next for you uh, what's next for me is uh, we have the upcoming 2021 season, uh, and we'll be back on board with the, hopefully, with the uh, with the Senators uh, returning to the regular season. They obviously won't be part of the 2014 uh, uh, tournament. Yeah, uh, that's going to take place here. Uh, but yeah, I'll be doing radio, and uh, we'll be back on board with the hockey schools. It's going to be uh, an exciting draft year for Ottawa, though. This is going to be a very exciting month. Yeah. Uh, in terms of of, of what's going to happen with the future of the franchise, it, uh, they're already on their way, Chris. In yeah. terms of, uh, of of prospects, I had the opportunity to get down to Belleville uh, of the uh, American Hockey League and watch the Belleville Senators play, and uh, they have some good hockey players down there that mm-hmm. uh, 
that are going to make a, an impact, uh, specifically a Batherson and Norris. Um, I think, I think Schlappick, uh, Wolanin, all these guys are going to make an impact. And if they can get, uh, they're already guaranteed two of the first six picks mm-hmm. of, of the 20 entry draft. But if they can get their hands on, uh, Lafreniere, wow. uh, think things will accelerate, uh, in Ottawa. I, I certainly think I agree, and I certainly think the uh, the future is bright in Ottawa. You know, you got Shabbat's going to be a stud for a long time, and I'm I really like uh, Drake Batherson. I think uh, I think he's going to be a guy to build the team around as well, and the future is bright. Yeah, and I and I I also like what they've done in goal uh, with with stockpiling these guys. I think it's been a I think it's been a good strategy where if you you know <laughs> it's like spinning the wheel. Yeah. If, if you get enough guys, one of these guys is going to hit and turn into work a, out. turn into a stud. So uh, you're you're hoping things will get better here uh, in the next year or so. Yeah, I hope they do as well. And Brad, first of all, thank you so much. Uh, it's been a blast and an absolute honor to have you on the show. And um, thank you for taking the time to to share some stories with us. And you know, I wish you nothing but the best in the future. And and keep up all the good work you're doing with your charities and. Yeah, to the, all the best to you and your family. Chris, appreciate it. Uh, this was a lot of fun, and uh, I hope things are, are everyone's safe over there. And that sound brings us to the end of the interview. Will you stick around for our overtime questions? Absolutely. All overtime's, right. Uh, overtime's the best part. Overtime is brought to you by The Big Bite. Ah, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to talk about some food. You like burgers, ribs, hot dogs, milkshakes, or even some poutine? Well, you can find them all in one spot. That place is called The Big Bites. They got a cheaper than cheap deal on chicken wings. Three bucks, only three bucks a wing. Tuesday nights in North Point, Wednesday night in Shektong Choi. Every Thursday night at The Big Bite, Flame and Grill in Shektong Choi is steak night. For a hundred bucks plus a little bit of service charge, you can get a 10-ounce premium Canadian steak with your choice of sauce and unlimited fries or salad. Right about now is when I used to talk about a Thanksgiving special that they had. I even remind you that Christmas was coming, and they had turkey. And speaking from experience, it was delicious. Speaking of delicious, you should go over to their North Point location and try their PB&J burger. That's peanut butter and jam on a burger. Sounds gross, but it's not. Don't agree with me? Come on over to the studio and we'll drop the gloves. Check out more information on their Facebook site at the Big Bite HK. That's the Big Bite HK. Go fill your belly. All prices are in Hong Kong dollars. Overtime! I'm going to ask you a series of 10 rapid-fire questions or one-timers, followed by one final bonus question for our listeners. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Crosby or McDavid? McDavid. Nordiques or Whalers? Whalers. Price or Rask? Rask. Brashear or McSorley? Brashear. Ovechkin or Malkin? Ovechkin. Lindros or Neely? Tough one. Lindros. Scott Stevens or Wendell Clark? Scott Stevens. Matt Sundin or Peter Forsberg? 
Sundin. Pierre Maguire or Kelly Rudy? Pierre Maguire. Fighting or no fighting? Fighting. Finally, your team has a penalty shot in overtime of Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. From any era, from any team, who's taken the shot? Any era, from any team, Mike Bossy. Mike Bossy, that's a first. <laughs> and I've got one final bonus question for you, Brad Smith. If you could score one more goal in the NHL, what arena would it be in and who would it be against? Or which goalie? One more goal. Where would it be? It would be at the Forum, and it would be on Ed Belfour. There you go. You get your first and your last <laughs> against Ed Belfour. Just because he gets all fired up. There you go. Eddie the Eagle. Thanks so much, Brad. Wish you nothing but the best. That was Across the Pond, and that's a wrap. Thanks, <laughs> Chris. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you to our amazing sponsors. As always, The Big Bite. Yardley Brothers Beer, Van Maren's Photography, Sunset Studio, Print House Limited, and Asia Sports Tech. Finally, thank you to Lauren Orris and Fiona Chow, who have helped us as advisors and liaisons to Hong Kong's hockey world. To support the podcast, check out our amazing merchandise on our website at acrossthepondhk.com. Check us out on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Across the Pond HK. All right, and remember, um, I have a, a guy who edits everything afterwards, a producer, so if anything happens, it, it'll be all fixed up. <laughs> if, I get, if we go yeah. off the rails, yeah, it'll be, yeah. It'll be fixed. Start making fun of Greg too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to throw, throw a couple oh, digs at him. For sure, <clears throat> for right. sure.